Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Uh, Because I'm a professional podcaster, I was able, Nathan, to... Uh, swallow the last bite of my banana walnut bread <laughs> just before you asked me how's it going nice see i mean nice. that's a skill right it that, is that's one out of a million people right it have is. that level of professionalism i mean that 43 seconds is crucial to us we're usually <laughs> yeah. swigging down that last coke zero or eating that last snack i mean you know sometimes greg there there is no pretense like we're just eating on there and you can just hear that <laughs> going on well we we want to be the most authentic podcast <laughs> on the internet right you know so uh listen if, you, if you, the audience if you hear the electric razor going today while we're talking <laughs> right just understand we we're real here that's we just, right we, uh, we just want to be real but thank you brother for breakfast oh you're welcome and before we dive in because i'm very excited about our guest today yeah Nathan, you, you've lined up uh i think uh our our a team of guests here this month but i uh want to know you probably are you even aware nathan that the day we're recording is day one of the baltimore orioles playoff game against the texas rangers i don't but i do know that if they do well this week our school will get a dress down day on friday so i'm excited about that oh dude you've you you've got you've been incentivized yes well they play today okay and they play tomorrow there's probably a break monday this is uh, round two of the playoffs. We, we set out the first one because okay. we, we, we were the best record right. in the American League, so we had a bye. And uh, Tampa's gone. Um, uh, I can't remember who else is gone. The Jays are gone. And we play the Texas Rangers. They very good team, very good hitting team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a best three out of five series. So this okay. will go at least three games. Okay. So if we do our podcasting here, it's going to be hard not to drop some Orioles stuff. <laughs> but we're both rooting for the win. Well, but you know, we've got, uh, so this actually segues into our guest nicely because Ooh. our guest uh, is uh, from Baltimore here uh, before he joined the mission field. Nice. I am uh, pleased to announce uh, this is our missions month. And so we are looking forward to that. But Dan Wright joining us uh, from the Philippines, just as Christina Knapp did last week. Love it. Um, Dan, how are you doing over there, man? Hey, Nathan, I'm doing great. Uh, also rooting for the Orioles to win. Uh, yes. I love the Baltimore sports doing great this year. Yes, yes. So are you a Ravens fan as well, Dan? Yes, sir. Yes. Three I'm, and one. At I'm going to let you guys go ahead and take <laughs> about five to ten minutes. Not too long, but I'm going to let you guys take some time to go ahead and geek out on some on some stuff here. So Nathan, Greg, you are a gentleman go. and a scout. And really, Dan, all he's doing is uh, you know he's finishing off his Starbucks here. That's not a lie. <laughs> Fair enough. I love it, uh, Dan. So you, I will ask you a little bit because I love talking uh, Oriole stuff while Nathan gives us this break. Um, were were you here 
because we're going to learn this through the course of this conversation. Were you here the last time the Orioles were in the playoffs in, well, I guess it was between 2012 and 2016. We had a few bouts. That was the Adam Jones team, Chris Davis, et cetera. Right. Yeah, so I was around for Adam Jones and Chris Davis. We uh, came to the field in November 2014. Uh, wow. So it's been a long time since I've been to an Orioles game. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, that you so you left right after I think what was our best uh playoff shot 2014. My my son and I, Isaac, were at the September game 2014 when we clinched the division. Um, and that's just an incredible moment that I had with him. He would have been then about eight years old. And, uh, you know, we, we, I've got my cell phone. We're kind of filming the reaction of the crowd when we got the last out. And so uh, I love it that you were you were here for that. And then uh, it, it, it's you, Dan. You left and we and we went into a dry spell. Uh, <laughs> so, Sorry about that. Yeah, it was all on you. Having to obey the call of God on your life. Look at the consequences. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, no, I, I love it. I love talking to a uh, Nathan endures me talking right because it's uh not his wheelhouse and uh, matt smith our other pastor here at the church he and nathan are often allies in the eye rolls uh, when i start on an uh, orioles conversation i was gonna say i mean this is this is kind of the first time that like the core group of people that you hang with is like really not sport, dude it's weird <laughs> and it shows dude that i'm committed in the gospel to love you that's right right that's because right. even though you're not greg, as spiritually we, mature as dan and i are that's right greg we just we we want to instill in you and train the the grace and love of god yes and so yeah you know it's it's really you know one day when we get to heaven you're gonna find out that matt and i secretly do love the orioles <laughs> and the ravens and uh you're just gonna find out that this, this was whole testing now this was us serving you <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Uh, that Matt, who we reference there, will often say when I come in and uh, on a Monday or whatever, I'll say, Matt, um, I said, do you know what happened with the Ravens game? And he says, Greg, I, I, I would, but the Lord freed me from idolatry years ago. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he, uh, he he tries to keep me in check. Um, but I love it, man. I uh, This is an exciting time. So I got to ask, Dan, are you able over there to access? Like, would you have a means of watching any of these games? I have to look at a lot of box scores. Yeah. I, uh, I can remember actually when we were on our vision trip, uh, the Ravens were in the Super Bowl, and we were coming here to check out the Philippines to see if we would be a good fit. And the day we left was Super Bowl Sunday. No way. And so we were in the airport uh, trying to get them to change reruns of basketball games. Basketball <laughs> is huge here. Oh. It's not not a football country, uh, and they would not change the television. We wow. got into a lounge. We weaseled our way into an airport lounge and watched the first half, and then we were in the air and landed in Japan uh, to see that the Ravens had won. That was the Super Bowl with the Harbaugh brothers. The, and yes. The, uh, blackout and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we, we only saw the first half, and somebody had uh, DVR'd it for me when we got home. That is so funny. That, that, so that's yeah. incredible. So they they literally would prefer rerun basketball games than than the live Super Bowl. That's incredible. If that's not a cultural shift, I know we'll talk about you know we when we talked to uh, Christina this mm -hmm. past week, cultural shifts, etc. Isn't that interesting? What what is so important in one country 
and then in another context, I couldn't care less. Mm. It's just fascinating to me these these corporate uh, personalities. But that Super Bowl, uh, Dan, I will say this, uh, since I think Nathan's given me another minute to geek out here, that was <laughs> the you saw the right half. Because yeah. <laughs> if you remember, I'm, I'm sure when you watched the rest on DVR, the lights went out and everything went to pot, and we were dangerously close to losing that game. Um, yes. You know, because, uh, you know, all of a sudden the 49ers are charging on the field. Ray Rice fumbles. Um, and remember, it came to that final somewhat controversial call where uh, Jim Harbaugh, the brother of our coach, John Harbaugh, is on the sideline. I mean, the dude is apoplectic. You know, he is just, <laughs> yeah. he is, he's like a doomsday prophet, you know, on the sideline, uh, you know, screaming because he says there was pass interference on the final on mm-hmm. the final pass, and you know it's debatable. You know, people are always you know. <laughs> usually, usually the people that lose are convinced that the call was missed, and I feel like uh, on the winning side, I objectively say the ref made the right call. Is <laughs> yeah, that- yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll take the W. We'll take the W. A- absolutely, especially <laughs> in the uh, in the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. uh, that's great. All right, Nathan, All I'm right. done. I'm done. Thank you for letting us uh, have that moment. Yeah. Uh, Dan, want to uh, just kind of give you a few moments here to introduce yourself uh, and your family, and uh, as as you kind of do that, lead into what you did before you were on the mission field, and then start talking to us about how you segued and and got into going into full time missions. Sure, uh, great. Well, my, my name is Dan, and my wife and I, my wife Heidi and I came to uh, the field in 2014, as I mentioned. At that time, we had our 10-year-old son. Also, we have an Isaac. Uh, oh, yeah. So he came to the field with us as well. Um, and since then, uh, just to round out our family, uh, the Lord has blessed us greatly with uh, a daughter. Uh, we have a Filipino daughter uh, oh. who we have just finished years of an adoption process. Uh, and so she is legally a right now. And so we're very uh, excited for that. And we're actually working right now our way through the um, visa and citizenship process. We're waiting for some uh, notifications from the U.S. side. We're done with uh, Filipino bureaucracy, but there is bureaucracy all around the world. Yes. And so we're, we're in the U.S. section now. Uh, before we came to the field, um, both my wife and I were in finance. Uh, she worked at a bank and then eventually made her way into um, personal uh, finance brokerage firm. Uh, I worked there also. Uh, so I was a uh, certified financial planner and was running an office in downtown Bel Air. Uh, was was our office on Main Street and uh, felt the call to missions. Um, we are actually the first missionary sent out from our church, uh, Open Bible um, in Kingsville, Maryland. And uh, yeah, we, we left behind um, finance jobs, working with very, very wealthy people, uh, helping them to have nice and relaxing retirements, uh, and then moved into now working um, in some with informal settlers and all kinds of folks over here in the Philippines. Wow. Dan, of all you shared so many great things there, but let me, I know Nathan and I were both smiling here. Congratulations on, um, on the adoption. That's incredible. And yeah. uh I am sorry for like what you, I think, rightly noted, the uh, universal bureaucracy. Um, <laughs> I'm convinced it is part of uh, just, the, you know, this side of heaven 
right? I'm, I, yeah. I, I just cannot believe we're going to be tripped up by bureaucracy in uh, the next phase of our existence. Proof of the fall. Proof of the fall for sure. Oh, absolutely. But We've uh, got problems great. if God can't make a decision in quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, he, things aren't going to be held up in underwriting or something <laughs> right. like that, right? So uh, we're, we're going to have a uh, you know, clear path. Um, that's awesome. Dan, can you tell us a little bit about your, uh, just your network support team organization, et cetera. I, I'd love to know sort of philosophy approach. Um, you know, it, it, take any of that. I, I gave you a broad target there. Sure. So, uh, we are a team of church planters. Uh, that's the type of missionary that we are. Uh, we are proclamational missionaries. Mm -hmm. So we believe that, um, missionaries are basically ambassadors, uh, for the king, and we have an announcement to make. We have a proclamation to make uh, that the king is coming back, uh, and uh, all those who are lined up against him, uh, against his kingdom, um, need to surrender. There is a, uh, they are right now under uh, God's wrath, and so in order to come into uh, his mercy, uh, we are calling people to repent and believe. Uh, and so our strategy is the preaching of the gospel. Mm. And we are uh, church planters. And so right now we have uh, two churches that if Heidi and I were to leave tomorrow, uh, that they would continue and wow. be sustainable. Uh, they're self-regulating now. And then we have three, well, we have two church plants and one more church plant that will start services mid-November. Uh, so we're working on those as well. Uh, and we have a team of church planters that we have uh, grown up from our local churches here. And so our team is all Filipinos, except for Heidi and I, and we have one other couple and then one single guy uh, that we are doing our work with. And we're part of an agency called World Team, and World Team has missionaries all around the world. And we have a bunch of different teams here in the Philippines as well. Uh, we are just one team, and we work in an urban environment. Wow. Gotcha. Dan, that's, can I just say, how incredible. I mean, what, what does that do for you? Um, to, to, I mean, I'm just curious, how does it resonate with you to think if you left, which of course we hope you don't, unless the Lord calls you back. Um, but I love how you said these two churches would be self-sustaining. I mean, just from your perspective, what does that feel like in terms of satisfaction or, uh, just, I'm wondering what that does for you internally. Yeah, I, I praise God, uh, every day, um, that's the reason that we came here uh, is to be able to uh, raise up uh, people who are um, having a church together. Uh, that And we're, we're part of those churches as well, right? We get our sustenance from those churches also. Wow. Uh, we, we see the local church as being a critical uh, component. Uh, that's what we're trying to do is build up churches. So we are not a uh, just make converts kind of church planters. We mm -hmm. are uh, making disciples. And so we spend long time uh, with our folks. Uh, we do individual discipleship with our leaders, uh, put together a uh, elder training ship, uh, elder training program. Uh, that's about 16 weeks of training uh, where we go through all kinds of things like uh, how, what, what is a, the role of an elder? What are the qualifications for elder? Uh, but then we also focus on things like personal holiness. Uh, what does it mean to be in union with Christ? Uh, how do we actually love a church? And not just the universal church, but these particular people that God gave to us, even though they're messy, mm. how do we love these people? 
Uh, how do we walk through life together with them? Uh, and by God's grace, he's given us some wonderful uh, Christ-loving people uh, who want to be together, want to sacrifice for one another, practice the one another's, love one another. Uh, and yeah, the feeling um, is incredible. So mm. I praise God every day. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, Dan, you talked about you know, the purpose is to be, be going in and sharing the gospel and, and making, <clears throat> sorry, making disciples. Talk to us um, about the, the approach that you take to that, because I think, I think sometimes uh, in, in looking at, you know, the, the landscape of America, I think we've forgotten how to be uh, Christians in America and missionaries in America if we're local. And so the mindset that you had going in, um, what was the approach that you took in order to preach the gospel and, and bring down some of the walls and the barriers so that you could have a voice, so that they could have an ear to listen to you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, praise God, we came over here as people who are learners. Uh, we wanted to uh, enmesh ourselves in the culture. We uh, spent a lot of time learning language, uh, trying to understand Tagalog. It's a difficult language. Uh, we still are not fantastic, uh, but praise God, uh, he's given us enough um, to be able to get get through uh, and to be able to help and disciple people. Wow. Uh, some of our churches are taglish. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Spanglish. So yeah. uh, taglish is very similar uh, because we're in, we're right outside of Metro Manila. And so there's, uh, some English speakers as well. Okay. And our churches go across the spectrum. So we have some, uh, middle-class churches and then we have some, uh, ultra poor churches mm. as well. Um, and so we, uh, rely on, uh, e even some of the, uh, Filipino people that we work with in some of the middle-class areas, uh, it's culture shock for them as well to go mm. uh, into the different social strata. Wow. Uh, and so we, we've learned a lot together uh, going through. Uh, we find that that's very important. Um, what we want to do, uh, our approach is to be able to comprehend and then um, confront and then correct uh, worldviews that are out of sync with the biblical worldview. And in order to do that, you need to know language and culture. Mm -hmm. And so we spent years uh, just getting to know people. Uh, I can tell you how we ended up in a uh, informal settler or a squatter area. Um, most of our ministry moving forward has been through disasters, uh, either mm -hmm. through um, natural disasters. The Philippines happens to be in the ring of fire. And then we also have earthquakes and we have typhoons and we have all kinds of uh, interesting things to deal with. We're in the end of rainy season right now. Uh, and so there's flooding and those kind of things. Wow. And um, what had happened was there's a McDonald's that is right near our house. And uh, McDo here uh, serves all kind of fun things that you wouldn't find uh, back <laughs> home in the state. So, for instance, uh, spaghetti is a very popular wow. McDonald's uh, wow. treat here. It's, it's a sweet spaghetti with banana ketchup and uh, little hot dogs cut up in it. And <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a go to. Uh, because there's a Chinese influence. And so uh, if you want the birthday, uh, if you want the birthday traffic, you have to have noodles because uh, long noodles is long life. And huh. so, uh, yeah, all the fast food has spaghetti. KFC has it as well. Huh. Uh, so there was a McDonald's 
that we would go to. And uh, we found that there was a bunch of street kids out front. And so we decided to practice our Tagalog uh, with the street kids because that is less embarrassing than messing up and sounding terrible yeah. uh, in front of adults. And so we started just having French fries with them sitting on the street uh, on the side of the highway. Eventually, we made our way into McDonald's. And one year, one day, uh, some of the kids said, uh, hey, there's been a flood uh, at our house. Can you come see our house? Mm. And we walked about 10 minutes away. And we went from uh, kind of an inner city feel to a very provincial feel just mm. off the highway, mm. uh, kind of down a mountain. And we had to cross a river and we saw the house flooded out in the squatter area. And uh, I helped their dad. I brought some of the boys from our uh, street kid uh, ministry and we dug rocks out of the river and helped to build kind of a retaining wall to keep the floodwaters out. Mm. And uh, the guy said to me one day, you know, all the neighbors are looking at us and they keep saying, uh, why is that foreigner so dirty at your house. <laughs> That's great. And I told him, I said, uh, Rocky, uh, maybe more pastors should be dirty. Mm -hmm. Uh, and let's try to see what we can do here in the community. And that was our entrance into the, uh, into that area, uh, where we have a church now and we have two guys we've been raising up and we're about to ordain them as elders as well. Mm. Uh, that's something we're really looking forward to, uh, hopefully in the next few months. Nice. Dan, that's, I, I, that's, that's one of my favorite, the way you told that story. I mean, think about it. Nathan. It goes from the French fries with the you know, street kids, uh, which honestly you say it was less embarrassing, but you also have the, um, you know, of course I think of uh, street kids around here and I'm thinking they would know what a nerd I am right out of the <laughs> gate. Cause I don't have the cool factor, but just, I don't know. That is such a Jesus like eating fries with these kids practicing your language and just how providential, organic that opportunity opens up for you. And then think next, you're muddy, building a retaining wall. Uh, you've got the the kind of curiosity of who is this dude, uh, this yeah. foreigner. Um, so I, I'm just comment. I love that. And I, uh, you know what I love? You've said two things in this conversation so far, Dan, that I think are connecting in my mind, your proclamational ministry, which I love. Uh, Nathan and I did a podcast some time ago on, uh, it was one of our early ones when we rebooted, Nathan, right? Kind of <clears throat> helpful things, non-helpful things. And the one was the the quote, uh, allegedly St. Francis of Assisi, right? We, yeah. we don't really know the, uh, you know, preach the gospel uh, in all places or everywhere, um, and if necessary, if necessary, yeah. use words. So we talked about some of the problems in that statement, and uh, our observation that day is: listen, there's some good in that statement. Absolutely, you know, being obedient to Christ is more than just talking, um, but it's not uh, absent of talking, right? So right. Uh, it sounds to me like what. You, you've built relational capital with with the people that you're serving. Um, can you talk us through like when is it a is it a Holy Spirit prompted thing, or do you and your wife have a sense? Hey, when do we start talking Jesus? When do we start sharing the good news with them? Um, I'm just curious about your process, and maybe it's different for each person uh, or each setting. But can you comment on that? 
Yeah, I, I think, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Greg. That's a very good question. Uh, it's a very important question. And I think it, ha- it does have a lot to do with context. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, we are absolutely uh, proclamational missionaries. Uh, we believe that the gospel is the power of God into salvation yes. uh, to all those who believe. And so, yeah, we need to we need to speak the gospel. That's what ambassadors do. That's what witnesses do. They testify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we need that. Now, here in our context, uh, the Philippines is the only uh, Catholic Asian country. Uh, and so there is a underlying cultural knowledge of Jesus. There is something there already. Uh, if we were going into some kind of a um, tribal situation or a place where uh, folks had never heard the name of Christ and didn't know anything about there being even other worldviews out there, uh, we might have taken a lot longer time to explore their worldviews because you don't want to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to say things like, um, yeah, there's this God and you need to believe in God. And then they say, yes, of course, we believe in God, but they have a different concept of even who God is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here um, there is this underlying cultural kind of idea, uh, at least that Christ exists. Uh, mm-hmm. People know who Jesus is. There's Catholic churches everywhere. Now, it is a very um, it's kind of a folk Catholicism. Uh, there certainly is animism, especially when mm-hmm. we're in some of the lower socioeconomic areas. There's an animism uh, mixed in with that. Mm. And so we tread carefully uh, when we talk through things. I, I can remember being in one Bible study uh, in, in, as we were planting this this church uh, and folks were saying, oh, right. Yeah. Karma. That's in the Bible. And mm. so we had to stop there and say, OK, let's talk about what karma is. What mm. does the Buddhist worldview look like? Mm. Uh, this is not in the Bible. Here is what grace means. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a different system uh, than the karma system. Uh, and so we take our time. Uh, one, one thing that we did is we had a kids program and we trained up the adults in the community to be the leaders of the kids program. Uh, and so how we did that was the kids would meet on Saturdays. And so on Fridays before we would go in and teach the adults, the lesson, and we just went through the entire Bible. We started with the Bible and, uh, had a lesson on what is the Bible. Then we went, the Bible has two testaments. And then we went through, Uh, This is the Pentateuch. Uh, And then we went through this is Genesis. And we talked about what the book is about broadly and then how you find Christ in that book Mm -hmm. Uh, and taking them through book by book and explaining a little bit about that before we started um, preaching from the word, help them to really understand where our authority was coming from. It set the Bible up instead of us as the as the ultimate authority. Uh, and we hopefully have created a love for God's word uh, and a desire to get the truth from there. Mm. Wow, Dan, that's that's awesome. I uh, I love the focus and approach that you've taken. So I, I'm curious um, when you've mentioned there's some animism there. I know often with countries, regions that have sort of a Catholic overlay. Other missionaries I've talked to have said you do find um, not you you find kind of a hybrid, right? You you get this mixture of the two, which seems strange to us, right? Yeah. We're thinking, what? It, you're Catholic or you're animist or you're not? Um, so, w- is it fair to say, Dan, you're doing a lot of kind of almost simultaneous 
teaching, discipling while you're evangelizing, if that makes sense. Um, trying to sort out truth from error because they, it sounds like they have some access to the truth with a lot of muddled confusion. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's accurate. And it depends on really on where you are. Yeah. Um, there, there is a Filipino church, uh, and our, our background is reformed Baptist. So we are, we are planting, uh, 1689 London Baptist confessional churches, even sure. though they're house churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's actually a growing kind of reformed, uh, movement here in the Philippines. Uh, and so we praise God that there is a lot of truth coming out from here. And there are actually Filipino theologians, uh, who are writing good books. There's a great, uh, taglish book that we used in some of our training, uh, that's called one gospel, five solas, uh, and wow. it's in taglish. And so it's accessible to our people. Uh, and so we're praising God because resources are really hard to come by. Um, a lot of our resources, we write ourselves and then translate uh, through our church. Praise God for our church. We have actually a core group of ladies in some of our um, churches who love to translate. And uh, not only do they get to learn in doing that, but they're serving the Lord uh, in that way. And so uh, I want to uh, praise God for the Filipino church because there's some really good things there. Uh, but there's actually there's also pockets of isolated people. Mm. Uh, our people in some of our squatter areas are situational, situationally isolated. Uh, they would never make it to any of the big churches. They wouldn't be um, they wouldn't go in there because there's uh, an honor shame kind of component. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we go to them. And so the folks that we went to, uh, they've never opened a Bible before, even though they have this kind of cultural idea of God and who Christ is, and but it's more of a, a Catholic idea. Mm-hmm. And so they they would believe in, in God. They would say they do. They would say they trust in Jesus. Um, <clears throat> but when sicknesses come or something like that, they'll go to a local uh, healer or a witch doctor uh, hmm. because, because there's a belief there, but also because it's cheaper than going to the hospital. Hmm. Uh, and so there is a worldview component and there's also kind of a poverty component in there as well. Hmm. That's so interesting. You you know, for me, Nathan, I, all these conversations still, after all these years, I'm 53 and I think country and I think broad brush. Oh, what is it like in that country? Right. And it's everybody we've talked to what depends. Right. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a series of little, Microsystems yeah. <clears throat> connected, and and you you said messy earlier, yeah, right, and it's just I'm always fascinated by that. Yeah, well, and it, what I think is so great is this is this is the point of the gospel, right? Jesus comes into messy, yes, and he interacts in messy, and he calls us to do the same. He calls us to. I mean, you know, life in general, it doesn't matter whether you are in a first world country, in a third world country. It doesn't matter if you spent your whole life uh, growing up in in Baltimore and then moved to the Philippines, uh, as you did, Dan, with your family. Or uh, if you've grown up here and you stay here your whole life, it doesn't matter if you've grown up in the Philippines your entire life. The reality is that people are messy, Right. I mean, this is this is the hope of the gospel is that people are messy and Christ came to intervene into the mess. Yes. Um, and so it's so great that you you talked about that and use that, Dan, that that it's just it's messy. 
Um, I'm wondering if you can uh, talk to us a little bit more about um, that that kind of uh, mess and mentality going into the country. What were some of the things um, that were that were difficult for you to integrate as you were moving into uh, another country and 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 working with these people? And um, I, you know, I, I know that that being here. Uh, I get frustrated with other people. I'm sure that is true for you um, over he's, there. He's talking about me, Dan. But anyway, he, <laughs> <laughs> we all know That's it. That's clear. Yeah. That's clear. <laughs> um, and so talk to us about, uh, about, those, uh, about those frustrations, because the reality is, is the gospel is about forgiveness, asking for forgiveness when you've screwed up and then forgiving others when they've screwed up. And so talk to us about that process of, of living, um, you know, realistically in a community where things are not going the way you want them to go and, and, and the approach to, you know, uh, building those relationships and, and seeking forgiveness when you've wronged someone and them seeking forgiveness from you when they've wronged you. Yeah, that's a that's a great question as well. Um, moving over here to the Philippines, uh, there were many, many differences. Uh People are people, and so there are some universal things, obviously. Uh, we are all sinners in need of a Savior. We are all created in God's image, and we bear that God's stamp. Uh, and so we're all worthy of uh, dignity and, and value. Um, but we're, we can be very different in cultures, for sure. And so coming to the Philippines, uh, first of all, it, it, it's hot here all the time. Mm. Uh, that's one thing to deal with. Uh, we have two seasons, hot and wet and hot and hot. Uh, <laughs> wow. So we're, we're working through hot and wet right now and getting ready for hot and hot. Wow. Um, so that's different. Uh, things are different also. Um, we, we actually, we added a couple members to our team and we just went through some cultural training. Hmm. Uh, and we talked about how our cultures are different. And it was interesting even to uh, track um, mine and Heidi's uh, cultural values or ideas over time, because we have become more Filipino uh, than we were very American uh, in the past. So that's interesting to kind of look at. Uh, we look at things like how we treat time, mm -hmm. how we treat relationships, um, uh, how decisions are made, how criticism is given, uh, different things like that, um, because this is an, uh, an honor-shame type culture. Uh, and so, um, for instance, I'll, I'll talk about forgiveness since you brought that up. Uh, there was a time when um, I, I hurt someone on our, in, in one of our churches uh, inadvertently, um, but I had uh, maybe shot down an idea. Mm -hmm. And here, uh, instead of having a brainstorming session like you might in the States where everyone's throwing out ideas and some are good and some are bad and you laugh and you pick some and move on. Here, uh, ideas are more tied to the self. Mm. And so uh, you wait to give your ideas until you're thinking through it, uh, until uh, even until it's your turn to talk. And so Heidi and I have had to really adjust and not talk uh, a lot. If we want to mm. hear, get the great ideas, uh, even from our, our, our teammates, from folks in the church, uh, we want to be quiet we, uh, a lot more and let other people speak first um, because there's some uh, power dynamics there as well. And sometimes if you ask a question 
uh, it can sound like a command. Mm. Uh, or if you make a suggestion, it can be like, oh, we have to do this um, because the, that person in power said so. Uh, and so at one point, I had rejected an idea uh, for a kids ministry uh, thing, which I, I didn't really think anything of it. Sure. Um, but it turned out that I really hurt someone's feelings uh, with that. And so then I had to make that right. And so I sought out a, a mediator to try to kind of figure out, OK, what do I do? Because I know that being direct was my problem in the first place. So I can't go to this person and directly uh, bring it up and apologize. That would bring more shame to the situation. Mm. Uh, so uh, eventually I, I wrote a letter uh, and is how uh, we got that situation resolved and all is well uh, by God's grace. Mm. But I wrote Good. a letter asking for forgiveness. Uh, and that was a more helpful way than being direct, like maybe I would uh, back home. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that, Dan. That's so uh, authentic. It's a uh, reminder to me, too, that sometimes, again, we can have this fairy tale like version. Oh, Dan's off on the mission field. Right. <laughs> and and you get this image almost of, I don't know, standing on a street corner, preaching the gospel fearlessly and then. I don't know what, uh, the missionary is put into a cryogenic chamber overnight, and then the next day he's out preaching the gospel. But it's all the nuance and the nitty-gritty of life, uh, trying to do a good thing, somebody taking it the wrong way, uh, you know, being hurt and mm -hmm. you finding out. But it just even you said the, the nature of the culture, how you approach that because of sensitivities and how people are wired or how the culture sort of directs these things. Oh, it's it. Honestly, Dan, I am more. My faith has grown stronger through the years as I see how hard and difficult things are to just stand and deliver and represent Christ wherever you are. Because when you look at it on a human level, it's impossible. <laughs> it's too much. It's too big. But the fact that the church is still here, that the gospel is still going out into places in the world must mean that Jesus was right when he said, <laughs> I'm going to build my church. Right. Amen. And so anyway, I'm just so encouraged because that, but that, that grand story just assumes all of these small little details. Like, um, and I'm sure when I don't want to take us on a segue on forgiveness here, I find that's the, one of the hardest moments when you, had no intention. Hmm. Like I get it. If you're angry at somebody, you blow up at them and then you, you're pretty quick. Hey, I had no right to do that. Please forgive me. But it's often not like that. It's often, Hey, I'm just trying to deal with the situation, be a good leader. Um, you know, uh, bring order and organization to the church. Cause that's what I'm called to do. That's what you're supposed to do. But in the process, it, it doesn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, for whatever reason. And, um, uh, Anyway, Dan, God bless you. I love the way you, you kind of sought out advice there, too. Mm. Um, and without giving details, obviously, because, you know, it's it's somebody else's story. Um, you said the letter brought resolution, correct? Yes, sir. Oh. Yeah, pra praise God. We seek advice all the time, Greg, because uh, we still have no idea what we're doing. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, and and yeah. also... Yeah, I, I praise God you said that we should be authentic and we should uh, – that, that's something that Heidi and I have sought to do uh, because this is a, a, an honor-shame uh, place. Yeah. Uh, we have opened ourselves up, uh, and that's been an opening to a lot of conversations and, and a lot of ways to open things, right? Because 
I'm saved by grace and I praise God that I'm a saint, but I also am still, still have that sin clinging to me. Yeah. Uh, that old man wants to keep coming. Yeah. Uh, and so when we first came here, we did have uh, actually some folks that we started the church, uh, the, our first church with a Filipino couple. And they said, are you sure you're missionaries? Um, because you tell us all these bad things about yourself. (laughs) And so we praise God that that was able to break down some barriers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Dan. And again, it just, it, you, you become the arena is what I always say, where you're pointing to Jesus, right? You're just saying, uh, it's what I learned years ago from a, a valuable mentor. He said, Greg, when, when you mess up, it, it, it is a, as a parent, and I, I'm sure you know this, Dan. It is just such an opportunity to share the gospel with your kids because I've said to my kids on a bad day where I lost my cool or I just did not behave as I should, you know, I've said to all of them at one point or another, you know, when when your mom and I say you need Jesus, it's because I need Jesus, you know, just Amen. as much. And to be able to say that to your kids has been the most liberating thing to say mm-hmm. because you're there's such a temptation. No, I, I got to be strong and I got to be mm-hmm. tough and I never let them see a sweat. And it's so much more important. Yeah, you, you do. You have to show authority. You have to raise them and teach them. That's your, your job. But you can simultaneously say, and I need Jesus. Yeah, I need him as much. Look at this. This is why I need his forgiveness. I need his grace and his kindness. And uh, I'll pivot from that, Dan. I'm curious, in an honor-shame culture, have you seen anyone, because... Honestly, I I feel a heaviness just thinking of living in such an environment hmm. and how burdensome and crushing that is. And people probably normalize it and just, okay, this is what you know it is. It's sort of like when you have an ache or a pain uh, that you've normalized and then your doctor gives you something and it's gone. I lived with that thing. <laughs> have you had uh, seen anyone sort of through conversion or discipleship, spiritual growth, um, that has kind of discovered the joy of, I don't know, some of the great gospel truths like Jesus takes away our shame, um, you know, the, his grace, his love, his, his you, know, you know, that we can call mm-hmm. him Abba Father. I've, have you seen someone sort of uh, experience that liberation? Uh, n- not just conversion, which obviously is that, but the, the sort of associated joy with that conversion, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, well, I praise God. There's there's a lot of stories. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, of one that that might be uh, good for this. I, I mean, that the it is certainly uh, something that permeates the culture, and it's not necessarily uh, a negative thing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's good to have honor. It's good to give honor where honor is due. Right. Sure. The the Bible commands those things. Um, but sometimes, like you said, uh, it can go into the extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, uh, when when we were working with some street kids, we had to go into a mall. And going into the mall, uh, the the kids were not properly dressed, uh, maybe not quite as clean uh, as the other patrons in the mall. And people would uh, approach them. There's lots of guards all over the place uh, and, and give them bad looks. And so mm-hmm. several times I would put my arm around a kid. Um, mm. because I have a, a higher honor, uh, in the society. And so by doing that, I can say this one, this person is with me. Uh, mm. and so my honor kind of goes to them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. and that's a nice bridge to the gospel. It sure is. Uh, uh, yeah, 
we, we also, uh, we have a, a, a fella who was a carpenter and a construction worker in, uh, in our, in our in, uh, informal settlers uh, area. And he was so shy and never wanted to speak up. And he has so many good ideas. Uh, and he's going to be an awesome pastor. Like he loves the people. He had respect of everyone. Uh, he was already a problem solver, a person in the community where people would come to if they needed uh, help, if they needed something mediated. Uh, and he's grown in love for the word. And it took me so long. It took us so long to convince him to stand up and preach. Uh, it took us so long to uh, tell him over and over again, you are valuable. Mm. Uh, you can do this just the same that 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 we can do it. Uh, and, and I want to share that um, marriages are something that uh, really need help in a lot of areas here. Mm. The Philippines doesn't have divorce. It's illegal to get a divorce in the Philippines. Uh, besides Vatican City, we're the only country with that wow. uh, law still. Um, now they work out different ways. There's people with multiple families. There's annulment. Uh, there's different things like that. But, but marriages need a lot of help. Um, and a lot of the folks in our squatter areas uh, aren't, aren't married because there's a cost to it. Uh, mm. There's a cost and there's a government process to go through. Mm. Uh, so we're working on some of those things. And so one of our key uh, entrance strategies or, or kind of helps to use to bridge to the gospel is marital counseling. Mm. And so we took uh, this couple, this, this guy that we're raising up to be a leader in the church and, and his wife, uh, who's fantastic as well. Uh, by God's grace, we've been able to baptize both of them. Uh, they've come into the church. Uh, they're leaders there now. Mm. And we took them through the marital counseling, which was really fun uh, and interesting to learn cultural things as well. But then uh, they were so shy before. But just recently, uh, last month, in fact, we brought them over to our home and we laid out the marital counseling materials. And we said, OK, you need to tell us what is wrong with this. Uh, not in the content. We knew the content was coming from God's word, mm -hmm. but how do we get this in a usable form mm -hmm. for you to take back to the people in your church? Yeah, yeah. And they were all over it. Like mm -hmm. people who we couldn't get a word out of before were now telling us, well, Pastor Dan, you can't say this or this situation doesn't match uh, our normal experience. We have to change it to this way. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a wonderful experience to see the thing that you made torn apart Wow, uh, and then put back together so it would be useful in the context that they're in. Oh, wow. I, I love that because the core of the gospel still remains, but you realize and understand that uh, the way an American marriage with the the niceties and the the expectations of cultural norms isn't going to translate into the same thing. Can you give us an example of something that that you might say? If you were talking to an American couple, this would be something that you would say, oh, this is a good idea to do, and here's something you should do, but it doesn't quite translate the same over into the Philippines. Mm. Well, uh, I'm going to talk about specifically uh, in the informal settlers area, um, because that's a different kind of subculture. And so um, there might be many things that would translate to an American couple and to a typical Filipino uh, couple. Um, and so I don't want to um, make too great of a contrast between some of the cultural things. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's see, for, for instance, um, in the squatter area, uh, everybody is right next door to each other, on top of each other. You can hear what's going on. Uh, and so when we talk about having um, disagreements and things like that, how to work through conflict, uh, that might look a little bit different. 
uh, than you know, going to your spouse and looking them in the eye and saying these things. Um, like eye contact is aggressive. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you don't want to look into somebody's eyes when you're having a difficult conversation. Interesting. Uh, one of the big things that uh, is culturally in, in that community is, is a cultural issue is in-laws. Uh, and so we do have a whole session uh, in our marital and premarital counseling to, to talk about in-laws because everyone lives close together and most sometimes uh, in the same house. Yeah. And so there are a lot of questions about um, finances. Uh, do we borrow money from mom and dad? Do we have to lend money to mom and dad? Uh, if we get a decent job, what is our responsibility to our family and what is our responsibility to our extended family, hmm. um, including cousins and brothers and sisters? And what if someone gets sick? Uh, what if someone dies? How do we contribute to the funeral and not go into debt ourselves? Hmm. Uh, and so there's all kind of different um, responsibilities. Uh, the family, the familial responsibilities are very strong here. Uh, and, and it's very important that you take care of your family. That's a necessary part of your budget. So those are some things that we have to dig into uh, a little bit deeper, how to do that in a way that honors mom and dad uh, and also uh, stewards uh, the, the income that we have in, in, a, in a godly way. Wow. This, this is really good. I, um, uh, you, you, to me, are just an embodiment of what we talk about all the time, Nathan, the um, you know, the gospel, it never changes. Mm -hmm. It can't change. And just, just, we so are encouraged. Thank you. I don't think we assume we don't say Thank you for preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. Thank you for investing your life. Thank you for the clarity of that announcement and knowing it's man's only hope. Uh, because we regularly say that, yes, we can emphasize method to the point of kindness and building friendships, which are all critical and important that we never get around to actually sharing the good news, but the manner in which you contextualize that, mm -hmm. um, is going to change culture to culture to culture. You know, we've experienced here, Dan, often there's a lot of fear because the, the context or the method becomes so set in people's minds that if you change it or tweak it, often people feel, oh my goodness, they're going to change the gospel, mm -hmm. right? They're going to water it down or something like that. But I, I'm just thinking of examples, how many times maybe Nathan and I've preached, mm -hmm. and I might say in this context, and you know, that's when you you stand with that person and you look them in the eye. Right. I would never think of that yeah. as, oh, in another context, that could be an incredibly, do you remember, wasn't it one of the, one of the Bushes, I think it was Bush 1, um, was in New Zealand or Australia or somewhere, and he was giving the peace sign. And oh, yeah. it, it was it was a story yeah. because uh, I, I, wherever it was, whatever sign he made was the equivalent of, of the middle finger uh, of, of the of the bird. Yeah, and so you got the leader <laughs> of the free world in in some people's minds thinking he's flipping us off, and he wasn't. Right, but just think of the damage control that has to ensue. So um, I like the way Dan, you're thinking methodologically. Uh, contextually, uh, to me, uh, my view on that is, uh, hey, if the gospel remains uh, untouched, yeah. right, uh, then th that's where the power lies. But um, just really appreciate some of those 
those insights. Very practical. Yeah, our goal, uh, Greg, is to not be offensive ourselves, yeah. uh, but to allow the gospel to be the offense. Mm, yeah. uh, and so that's the that's the way that we try to to, to work it. Yeah, well said. Well said. We, we're, we're applying that uh, here, Nathan. We regularly talk about, hey, um, and that actually helps people, I think, when you're making a change and people fear, because it's a good fear. I'm glad people are... Vi- you know, vigilant about, mm-hmm. hey, we're not going to water down the gospel. We're not going to compromise the gospel, right? That's what you want. Right. You know, Galatians 1, if, if another gospel is preached, may be accursed. Yeah. So we're, we're right there. Uh, so we try to say that same thing, Dan, that we, we actually want to design, say, a service so that the only offense is the gospel. Mm-hmm. And actually, we want that offense to be crystal clear. So I always say the, the, the reaction that... I, I dream of people having, if it's a, a good day, so to speak, is they get in the car, say they're unbelievers, and they're like, man, I, everybody was kind. Uh, they, they were so great with our kids. Um, yeah, everybody was helpful and supportive, and they seemed genuinely glad to see us. Why am I, why am I feeling uncomfortable? What, what is it? You know what I mean? So that it isolates the offense of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Right? You cannot come to faith in Christ Without that offense, right? Which is the the marvel of it. Because think about it at the message of it. You cannot save yourself. Yeah, you are lost and must turn to Christ to be saved. Everybody has to come through that offense. Yeah. So we always say, if you give them another offense, it can be a distraction, right? So, yeah. boy, that person in the lobby was so rude to me. They told me, uh, "Hey, you." you you, you made a mess when you walked in, you know, uh, d- didn't you see the carpet where you should have dried your feet out or something? Uh, ridiculous example. Right. I mean, you've only said that to what, four or five people, Nathan, right? Uh, <laughs> only you, Greg, you're only oh, thinking oh, of that because I've only said it to yeah, you. That's, and you know what? You should, um, you know, you should, you're like, Hey, this guy is already a believer. I'm going to let him yeah. have it. No, but um, I think, I think to your point, Greg, you know, to go to a realistic example, right? Sometimes we can just be so in our own heads yeah. and, and thinking about, I'm really thinking about ourselves, right? I got up this morning and, you know, the kids already were fighting and, you know, I didn't get breakfast on time and we were all out the door late and we got to church. And so we can be so in our heads that we forget to look around at those other people who we might not know, who might be new to the church. And so the simple fact of somebody who walks into the church and, and thinks in their mind they're new, they're an unbeliever, nobody said hello to me. Yeah. Nobody greeted me. Like, nobody cared that I was here. Um, I, I think it says a lot to to put into that methodology talking to, you know, in, in our context, our, our our greeters. You know, we, we have a team that is there to greet and help people yeah. who coming into the church aren't going to be aware of what's going on. Yeah, that's that's well said. And that's why we encourage people, right? It's It's natural to kind of stick in your group. It's more comfortable. It's easier. I get it. You know, it's. I feel it. Uh, it just. And there's somebody. Oh, maybe I've met them. It's embarrassing. But right, just that contextualizing um, the moment. Hey, maybe this person is. They got a world of doubt, and they're far from God, far, far from God, and they're here reluctantly at the invitation of a. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. That you can dispel. With just a kind word, a walk across the room. Mm-hmm. Hey, welcome! So, so, so glad to see you. And that's just a simple. That's one yeah. of many. That's a Sunday service. Uh, this could be in our workplace or in our neighborhood. There, there's so many uh, 
uh, uh, opportunities. But I know, Dan, we're uh, we're in the wrap-up phase here, but um, you've, you've dropped some real, real gold on us. And I know Nathan usually asks this, but I feel inspired to ask it. We're asking all our missionaries, uh, just if there's anything, if there's a current situation that, that you could share or need right now so that we and our listeners could pray for you. Yeah, I'd actually like to share a ministry uh, prayer request and, and a personal one. Yeah, please. Uh, so for, for our ministry, uh, we, we hope to um, start a new church plant in November. Uh, mm. We have a Bible study going there. Uh, we have a guy that we are uh, training. He's been through our elder training, and we're giving him the practical uh, training in the other churches now. Yeah. And so we have, uh, we actually have another group of men we're, we're about to take through our elder training process. And so just pray that, uh, as you said, we, we are teaching men to be expositional uh, preachers of the gospel, mm. and we're teaching them also to love the flock uh, that they have been given. And so if you can pray for uh, our, our leaders and, and our preachers, uh, mm. that they would love Christ and love their flock uh, and be trained well, uh, that would be fantastic. Mm. And then for our family, uh, right now, I mentioned we are uh, waiting on a, an appointment in the States. Uh, we, we have an appointment. We have to get two processes going at the same time uh, for our daughter, Abigail. Mm -hmm. uh, she's seven years old uh, now, and she's awesome. Uh, and she's uh, one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. Wow. And so uh, love, love her so much. And uh, we, we are trying to get an appointment for her to get U.S. citizenship. And we need that appointment set in the States in order to get her uh, tourist visa yeah. in order to leave the country and enter into the States. So these two kind of the U.S. Embassy and the U.S. CIS uh, in the States have to kind of work together uh, or we're, we're mediating between them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we haven't heard anything. Uh, and we would like to come home in December. Mm. Uh, we, we miss our son. Our boy Isaac is uh, 18 now, and he is a sophomore at Liberty University. Oh, wow. Um, so we're excited to see him. And uh, I haven't been home to America since 2014. Wow. Um, our, our adoption process was really uh, long, and the judge would not let Abigail travel okay. uh, with us. By God's grace, she was in her home the whole time, yeah. uh, and mm. that doesn't often happen. Mm. Uh, and so we're, we're very ex happy for that. Um, but we would like to come home. We'd like to visit churches. Uh, we'd like to um, give reports on what God has been doing. Uh, we'd like to see our family again. We'd like to introduce Abigail to all of our family. Mm. And uh, right now we're, we're waiting on paperwork. Uh, and so prayers for favor. Uh, and prayers for our hearts. Uh, if this doesn't come through, mm -hmm. if we're not able to travel, uh, we would like to continue to say that God is good. Uh, we'd like to continue to have joy in him and to do the work that he has for us. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, those are our prayer requests uh, for right now. Wow. Absolutely. Thank we you, will. 100%. Yeah. And uh, Dan, if you could, if you could... Um, text me some kind of um, a physical address for you all, because I'd like to post that with the show notes. I know, um, you know, uh, being a missionary, uh, it's good to receive, you know, letters and uh, things of encouragement from people. And, you know, even uh, if some of our listeners are, are out there and they hear this, um, to be able to contact you directly and, uh, and just say, man, you, you really touched me with what you said and um, have, have encouraged me. 
um, you know, through the work that you're doing, um, we would we would love to be able to pass that along. Um, and if you're also okay with it, I'd love to post um, your uh, your news article link because I know you keep regular mm-hmm. updates of what's going on in your ministry as well. Yeah, please, absolutely, absolutely, do post that. Um, uh, we have been posting a daily update and prayer request uh, every day since we've been here on the field. So for, for almost nine years, mm. uh, at, at first it started because I thought it would get some excitement behind our ministry. Uh, and then my grandmother uh, would get upset if she didn't see it posted right away. <laughs> I had to keep posting every day uh, to make sure that she knew that we were still alive wow. and doing well. And so you can see all of Abigail's uh, adoption story on there. Uh, the many various adventures we've had and stumbling through language and culture uh, as we try to bring the good news of Christ Jesus to the people that he's put in front of us. Wow. Sounds great. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to, to speak with us today. I know you are so busy over there, and we appreciate uh, having, having this time with you um, to be able to share with our listeners. So, uh, Dan, it's been wonderful. Yes. Yes, thank yeah, thank you, you guys so much. It's been my pleasure. Oh, it was a joy. Thank you, brother. Until the next time, we just rock the Casbah. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.